God bless you guys. It's been a little while since I've been up here, so bear with me. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me one more time. I know some of you are like, come on, I just sat down. Yeah, stand with me, or, and, and forgive me, my voice is not all there, right? You can hear it. Get over it. I was just a little bit sick. Big deal. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a scripture, and, and I really like doing this when I read scripture. I like... I know it might be on the screen, but I want you to close your eyes and just listen to the scripture. I promise I'm not going to like throw water at your face or anything like that. Uh, as funny as that would be, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm going to, instead, I'm going to read the scripture and I just want you guys to listen to it. Amen. So close your eyes, bow your head if you have to, listen with all of your being. It says in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Father God, we thank you for your harvest. We thank you for what you're going to do today, what you've already been doing, Father God. We thank you for the season, as rough as it may have been for some of us. We thank you in advance now for what you're doing because we believe in what your word says. And if we don't give up, Father God, we know that you are there to bless it. Lord, destroy my agenda. Silence my voice right now, Father God. Speak. Let your gospel, let your presence be the center of attention. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Oh, wow. It's been a little while. Uh, Anybody who's ever seen me minister and and preach up here, you guys know I tell tell a lot of stories. (laughs) And I have another one. I have another story to tell you guys. This was actually, has anyone ever gone down the Facebook uh, rabbit hole where you're like, watch a video and then an hour later, you're watching, like, America's Funniest Fails, right? Home video fails type thing. And you're watching people run into glass and kids, um, you know, dads dropping their kids and stuff like that. That happened to me the other day. And it brought a memory that I completely tried to delete in my head because it was such an embarrassing memory for me. Anybody have those, like, childhood memories that you were so embarrassed? You were like, okay, I'm never gonna bring- I will never forget slash I never want to remember this again, right? So it brought back a memory of me at age, it's funny, about my daughter's age, my eldest, age 11, okay? I had to be about 10 or 11 years old. At this point in time, some rough things had happened to my family, and my mom made a decision. She said, we're going to go to church, right? And we had been going to church, but she was like, we're going to go, though. I'm going to get involved. We're going we're gonna to demand God moves in our lives, and she's forcing me in there, right? And I'm 10 years old, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how real God was to me at this point in my life, but what I do know is that I was there every single week, right? There I was at this point in time at my church at that time. The children's ministry, the average age was about five years old, okay? I'm 10, 11 at this point. But the average youth in that church at that time was about 13, 14, 15 years old. So I don't quite fit in with either crowd, right? Like I'm too young for the kids, I'm too old, well, I'm too old for the kids, too young for the youth, right? So one day my mom gets a call and it's from the youth and they're saying they're going out to like one of those, 
And this is old school. When I say this Hershey Park Playland type of thing, right? Immediately, some movie like, yup, yup. That's we all did that. We all jumped in a van and somebody's van and, and made it to Hershey Park or something. So they were gonna do that, and they said that I could go. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm about to hang with the Utes. You know what I mean? I'm going to be the cool kid at 11 years old. So the whole day, I'm trying my hardest, as any cool kid would try, to not mess this up, right? I'm trying to be cool. And I feel like this generation of young people are so like, yeah, man, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Anything you do is cool. Back then, it felt like, no, everything you did is not cool. You are an awful person, right? So I was just really trying my best not to mess it up. Then I'm too young. I can't get on all the rides they can get on. So I'm like stuck with the chaperone, you know, watching them all. And I'm like, hey, guys, cool roller coaster. Oh, look, that's cool, right? I'm doing that. Finally, here's my moment. We get in front of the House of Mirrors. Anybody remember that? House of Mirrors. If you don't know what a House of Mirrors are, it's basically a house full of mirrors. Okay? And it's deceptive. And this particular House of Mirrors didn't just have mirrors. It had glass walls, I guess you would call them. So immediately as the youth group ran in, <laughs> one by one, doof, 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 just everybody running into these glass walls because they looked like hallways, but they were glass so now me being, I don't want to be embarrassed, slash I'm an ultra-observant person, FYI, if you see me staring at you, it's because I'm like, beep, 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 I'm breaking it down, right? And so I'm looking around, and I'm like, all right, first of all, I don't want to walk around like this, right, because that's corny, right? I'm 11. Second, I don't want to walk into a glass, okay, because that's going to, one, hurt, two, be embarrassing, right? So... <laughs> She gets it. So then I'm looking, I'm looking now for, I'm trying to figure out ways how I can avoid embarrassing myself. So I looked down and I realized, oh, every glass wall, whatever, if that's what it's called, has a wood molding, right? I figured it out. So I know that if the wood molding is not there, I could walk through it. It's not a fake and it's real. So I'm literally walking around the maze of this mirror house like this, just right? I don't even, I mean, people could be dying around me. I have no idea what's going on, right? I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass myself. I'm going to finish this thing, right? Here I am. I get to what I believe is about to be the ending because I can see the lights of outside, right? And all of a sudden I hear Jason, Jason, which is my name. And, and I look up to my right and I can see the, like the endings right in front, no wood molding. Jason, Jason. I look to my right, and it's the entire youth group staring at me going, yeah, you know, like you made it. And I went, and this is, <laughs> this is when my life turned into slow motion, okay? And this is, what, <laughs> this is me going, and then this is everyone going, no, right? Now, I'm pretty sure one of my good friends who ended up being my good friend later on in life, Isaiah, was going, yeah, right? And there I was like, woo, pink, and just snot everywhere, okay? All you saw was my face go in and then back out and just my a little single tear, not because I have hurt, a pure embarrassment tear fall down and on my cheek, you know? Now, what, in my defense, though, um, whoever was cleaning that glass deserves a raise. I don't know if he's the CEO of, of, of Hershey Park or Playland, whatever it was, but he deserves it, okay, because he was, he was going in. 
He was Windexing all day long, okay? I ran into that glass with all of my being, my might. It was my face, my chest, everything. And back out. The entire group laughing as if this was the most funniest thing they've ever seen to life in their life at that moment. And they're, <laughs> right? The, the youth chaperone, who was the pastor of the church, was on his butt. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at me. And I did what any 10-year-old would do. I just put my head down and just finished the maze. I knew it was going to be finished. And I went out this the way, exactly what I thought was going to happen, and the direction I thought it was supposed to end is where it ended. And I walked out like, curse you, <laughs> curse you, Mirror House, House of Mirrors, whatever your name is, Playland, Hershey Park, wherever you are. This will forever haunt me. I don't know if you guys know what it feels like to be embarrassed in front of a bunch of teenagers, cruel, stinky teenagers who don't let nothing go. They catch everything. Nothing's cool. Everything's always... I'm surprised they didn't change my name to Glassface, whatever. To make a long story short, (laughs) I got so close to the end of my journey, but I became distracted and I lost track of my direction. I turned away from my path without realizing how close I was to the end of my journey. You see, for the last month or so, for the last few weeks, we've been seeing this unbelievable, beautiful trend within all of the people ministering. If you've been here for the last few weeks, it started off with, with Pastor Mark, and he talked about just, uh, just hold on. Remember that? Hold on. And he talked about hold on. The blessing's there. Fight for it. Keep holding on. The very next week, Minister Lee t- and said, you'll get through this. Remember that? You're going to get through it. And you got to go through it, but you're going to get through it. And she talked about that, and you'll get through it. Then last week, Minister Josh comes in, and he says, he says there's a harvest, so get ready for it. And it's this, like, thing of just, like, God's preparing us for something, right? Just hold on. It's coming. You'll get through it. It's coming. There's a harvest. It's coming, right? There's this unbelievable trend. And the funny thing is, is that when Pastor, if you've been in this church for a while, Pastor George normally takes the month of August, and he sits and it's a beautiful thing. Everybody needs rest and harvest. And he sits and he receives and he just takes, takes, it, takes it easy and refocus. And, and, and he never, he, sometimes he gives his direction, but sometimes he doesn't. And he says, preach whatever you want to preach. And literally, God is orchestrating this unbelievable thing that's happening with the individuals and this congregation as a whole. Right? This harvest that, that, that he preached about last week is a representation of blessing. You see, I guarantee that a lot of us in this room today, in this church, don't even realize how close we are to that harvest that Josh spoke about last week. You see, the harvest is a metaphor for blessing, right? It's a representation of of blessing. It's like actual farming. It comes from an actual thing, farming. It's a simple yet very difficult and tedious process. Right. A farmer picture you and I being this farmer, but like in the spiritual realm. Right. Like this is our lives. Right. We're a farmer. He finds ground. He then has to cultivate that ground. He has to make sure that that ground becomes is fertile. 
and he makes it fertile and he does a bunch of stuff and he pokes holes in it and he uses machinery and it's hard work. And then he starts to make it fertile and then he takes seeds and he plants them. And then the, it doesn't end there. He has to then make sure he goes out every single day and he makes sure that the, that the land, that the ground is st- remaining fertile, that it still has, uh, it gets fed water when it, even if it doesn't rain, that it, that when the weather conditions don't make it fertile, he still allows it to be. He has to make sure it is. He gets it. He makes sure he gets the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of rain, the, min- the right a- amount of nutrients. But you see, it doesn't end there. He then does what's one of the most difficult things that any human can do, and he waits. Waiting, it stinks. <laughs> I, can't, I have a hard time waiting online for like coffee. You know what I mean? Fast food isn't fast enough for us sometimes. Waiting. And he waits a long time. He patiently waits as he invests into something that doesn't give him immediate satisfaction or results. Just like Minister Josh talked about last week when he talked about the sticks. Remember the sticks? He talked about, if you weren't here, he talked about how he had some sticks, some rubble. Which he was, he, I think he was downgrading it, but it was basically like a plant that really wasn't budding in any kind of way. And he kept, he was talking to it. He kept watering it. He was treating it good. And sooner, you know, sooner rather than later, it turned into something beautiful. To the point where people didn't believe that that was the same plant that he was, has started with, Right? Side note, stop demanding growth without time. That's it. (laughs) Worship team, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Even the human body demands time. A baby is a baby until it's an adult because it needs time to grow. So if that was how God created us, then that must be God's intention. There's some things we have to wait for. It don't come right away. I want to read Galatians once again, 6, 9. I just read it to you. It says, let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Last week, through prophetic declaration, we heard God tell us that the harvest is here. I believe this wholeheartedly, by the way. I believe it. We, we have invested our efforts into preparing for this harvest. And no matter where you are in your life, by the way, you could be pastor, you could be here for the first time. You've been working at something. Maybe you're even in, in this church today because you said, this is something I gotta, I'm kinda, I've been trying it this way, but I, I, <laughs> I gotta do something different. It's just not working. Maybe there's something you're going through and maybe you've, maybe you're past that. Maybe you're at a different place, but you're saying there's something there and I've been working at it for such a long time. Some of you have been praying for some things for so long that you've become numb to it. Some of you have become, you're in such pain and anguish that you don't even remember what the pain feels like. It just became your new normal. Right? I had a a cracked tooth once. I had it for so long. I'm pretty sure it was hurting, but it just felt like this is normal now. This pain is normal now. Right? Some people have back pain. Yeah, it's normal. Because you go through it for so long. 
But just like a farmer, and just like a farmer, you've been working and planting and tending to your crop and ensuring fertile ground, giving your investments room to grow. God is telling us, look outside the harvest. It's here. That ending is here. Here's the issue. So many of us do not know what to do with a harvest. We allow our hard work sometimes to rot and die. Just like me in the maze, we don't even know how close we are to the end. We don't even realize that the harvest is in full bloom just outside because we're too busy being distracted with our heads down and, or looking at people. Stop worrying about what everyone else is doing. Stop doing the instant, I call it the jealousy scroll. Stop going on Instagram and, and why, why she got that? I'm better than her. How come she got more followers than me? I'm a better guitarist. How come he gets all the gigs? That was like oddly honest, right? That was, that was surreal. Let's rewind that. <laughs> there are some things that we feel jealous of. <laughs> I stood there so close to the end of my journey, but I looked up and noticed that everyone else had already completed their journey, and I wanted to be where they were, so I I went the wrong way. Here's the deal. Don't ever be jealous of someone's position because you haven't gone through what they went through yet. That's one of the most frustrating things to me is when someone says, well, how come you could, because you don't know what I went through, okay? Well, my t- I can't even say open. Like, you don't even know what I went through, okay? <laughs> like a tati quieto, which is like be still, you know, till you can't, bah! Right? You have no idea what someone went through. When I looked up, I saw everyone waving at me. They had already been through the maze. They completed it. And you know what? Side note, I'm going to say side note a lot. Side note, some of them ran into a lot of glass walls and they were like all swollen. Some of, I know one girl had tears in her eyes because she hit her nose so hard. She went through some stuff to be at the end, to get to the end. But I thought, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go. I'm going to skip through it. No, there's no skipping through. You got to go through it. We can read all day about the journeys of many people throughout Scripture, from Adam to Moses, from Abraham to Job. We read incredible journeys that were taken both good and bad by all of these key players in Scripture. However, I want to quickly take you to Matthew 26, Matthew chapter 26. And we're talking about receiving this this morning, okay? Pastor George has referenced the scripture many times, but I want to show you a clear example of fulfillment of purpose and receivement of harvest. Matthew 26, right? Before I start reading this to you, we get to the point in scripture where if you have read, even if you're not like a churchgoer, you know that We all know about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, right? At this point in time in scripture, Jesus had already found, he already knows his journey. He already knows it's coming, okay? He had already had the last supper. He told people, you were going to betray me. He has already passed all that. And now it's the night before he knows he's going to be crucified. I'm going to take you to chapter 26, verse 36. It says, then Jesus went to them to the olive grove called, um, can somebody say that word for me? That was wrong. No, I'm kidding. I'm pretty sure it's right. 
Um, I'm not going to go on record of saying it wrong, though, because I can't read very well. So he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Okay, I'm a dad. I've got three kids. When I tell my kids to sit here and right, he's I'm usually a little frustrated. I'm probably at the end of my my patience. I probably have to do something important, and I just need you to just hang back, sit here while I go over there, right? So we can already tell the temperament of Jesus at this point, right? Let's fast forward. Verse 38 says, "He told them, my soul is crushed with grief." To the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I want to point something out. If Jesus, we've, we know this, and if you don't know this, was considered the perfect man, perfect, then that means that it's okay to feel grief during a difficult season. You're not alone, you're not crazy. Verse 39 says this, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Really quickly, I want to talk about the cup of suffering. I had to even figure out why is it called cup of suffering? And it's because this is the most special thing I think I've ever kind of side note and read. Because if it, he refers to it as, as a cup because you have to voluntarily drink something out of a cup. There's something very, very, very important about the way he described what he was about to go through. He knew that he had to go through it. He couldn't, it couldn't just happen to him. He knew that he had to surrender to it. Something very beautiful about that. Let's go back. Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me yet. I want your will to be done, not mine. At this point, he has not completed his journey, but he's decided that no matter what, it will be finished. Verse 40 says this, Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me for even one hour? Keep Watch and pray so that, uh, so that you will not go, uh, give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak! Exclamation point. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was, he was excited. He was loud. He got frustrated. If Jesus was the perfect man, then this means that it's okay to feel frustration during a difficult season. You're not alone. Verse 42 says this, then Jesus left them a second time to pray. And he says, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, you see that? Unless I drink it, unless I go through it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping (laughs) For they couldn't even keep their eyes open. So he went for a third time saying the same things again. If Jesus was a perfect man, then this means it's okay to feel hesitant during a difficult season. 
So many times as Christians, we beat ourselves up and we think that, oh, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. Jesus was full of faith. 33 years of, perfect, of perfection and faith. He walked on water. He healed the, the sick. He made people who were blind see with, by spitting on dirt and rubbing it on their eyes. He did the most miraculous things. Yet, he had to go to Jesus three times saying the same thing. Please, God, if I don't have to, I don't want to. Don't let me. Okay, but if it's your will, okay, I'll do it. God, please, God. I know it seemed like this is a fast thing, but there's no way that it was fast if disciples were falling asleep. So he's there. Please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. I don't want to go through what, you, what I'm about to go through. If there's any way I cannot go through it, please. Three times he prayed this. You're not alone. You're not faithless. 45 says this. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Calm now. No exclamation points. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man has betrayed me into the hands of the sinners. Calm. Now he's calm. So after all this, he goes to them and says, you could sleep if you want to, but the time is now. Let's go. We're going to finish. There's a beautiful piece, a beautiful understanding of what he was about to go through in that moment. As you know, we go on to read about the betrayal of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Eventually, we read about the most important words ever written about forgiveness and, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus was three days away from finishing his journey. Yet he was praying for, to, for it not to go to happen. He was just three more days, 33 years. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, especially when we read about people like Moses who lived like 970,000 years. Jesus only lived 33. But I, if I told you you had to spend 33 years in prison, guess what? That's a long time. Jesus, 33 years, and he was just three days away from finishing. And he was like, please, God, please, God. Does that sound familiar? Please, God, please, God. We have no idea how close we are. Through this, his season of farming, which was seemingly never ending, he pressed on uttering one of the most beautiful prayers of all time, and that is, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. That harvest that he was working towards is a harvest that is affecting us to this very second. Not all harvests, not all blessings are just for you. There's some things you're working on in your life that affect a lot of people around you. What Jesus was doing was he was about to complete a journey that would affect every single one of us. Living in grace, living in his peace right now. Living, living in forgiveness. Remember, this was not happening before Jesus did all this. There was no, I fell. Yeah, I was at the club yesterday, but I'm going to go to church tomorrow. There was none of that. There was, oh, you went to the club? <laughs> Poof. 
Don't turn around and salt. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know the scripture, read it, guys. Old Testament was real, dogs. It was real. People was dying left and right and God, because God was just like, now, you don't want to believe in me? Bing. What Jesus did was changed all that and gave us something, an unbelievable opportunity to live in his grace and his mercy. It shifted time. That's why uh, even me, I had to check myself one day. I, I don't know if you guys, a couple of weeks ago, I, I admitted to you guys I was struggling with God's existence for a little bit. I was going through such a deep, dark time in my life. And then I got to get checked. And I was like, you know what? If everyone else, I don't care how many atheists we are, they still call it 2019, just like me or you. Because they acknowledge that when Jesus got here, time needed to be reset. You know that. The calendar is based on the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus Christ. He's very real. Even in other religions, he's in their Bibles. He may not be king, messiah, oh, it's just a prophet. Dude, everybody saw, he, he's real. He lived, he walked, he did this. Here's something that most of us don't realize about farming is that we assume that the hard work is in the process of preparing for the harvest, which is very true. It's very difficult. However, it doesn't end there. We must finish what we start. What good is it if we work so hard for a harvest and did nothing when it bloomed? We look and admire it from far away. We eventually watch the harvest rot and die. A farmer doesn't let his harvest die. When the harvest blooms, he goes, okay, now let's get to work. He goes out and he pulls and he plucks. He takes it from its root and its source and then he brings it in. And you know what he does with it? He feeds his family. You know what he does with the extra? He sells it to bring income for his family to plant and harvest again. And if he's a smart farmer, that field, that harvest at that given moment, is just one of many. And they're in different seasons. So when that one finishes, this one starts. And when that one finishes, this one starts. And when that one finishes, this one starts. Get it? A farmer does not stop and watch his harvest rot and die because he's too distracted I've used this analogy before. Imagine a present without ever opening it. Imagine Christmas time with a gift that's wrapped so beautifully and you take it. Oh my God, thank you. So dope. You gave me a Christmas gift and you put it in your room and you leave it there. Two things. One, you will never enjoy the gift. I mean, come on, what kind of psycho are you, right? Two, this is the worst part about that, is that you would never know what's inside. So many things we're fighting for and praying for for such a long time, and we don't ever open. Season of harvest is now, declared last week through prophetic, through prophetic teachings and preachings, and we're watching harvest bloom and go, cool. But I'm just going to stay here and just, I don't know, I'm chill. There is something that is getting in the way of stopping us from ending our journey. 
Whatever it is that's on your right, like me, right? I'm at this maze. I'm at the very end, and people called me. I'm not saying those youth were evil and, 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 and the devil was using them, but he was. They were. Okay? I'm not afraid to call it what it is. Satan was alive at that moment. You know what I'm saying? And they were just like, man, little demons calling my name. And I was like, get out of here, Satan. Are you going to do like me? Are you going to run into that glass and say, denied? Or are we going to do as Jesus and say, God, not my will, but yours. I'm going to finish. I'm going to receive. That's how you receive a harvest. That's the, that's the equivalency of going out and plucking the fruit that you've worked so hard for. You've been planting for so long. Some of you who have been, have been working on something for so long. Even if you're not a churchgoer, there's some things you've been working on for a long time. It's some things you've been investing in. You're trying to correct and fix in your life. And God is saying there's a harvest waiting for you. Don't stop. Worship team, you can come up. It says in Second Chronicles, as they come up, I want to read this quickly to you. Um, it's chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. And I want you to hear this very carefully because this was a, this was a message. This was a, an encourage, encouragement that was written to people who needed it at this moment, okay? It says, for a long time, Israel was without a true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But wherever, whenever they were in trouble and turned from the Lord or turned to the Lord, excuse me, I'm going to read that again. Whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. I'm going to say it again. There's some things. The Bible is full of ifs, Right? I've said this before. There's never this thing of just like you, God is going to give you, give you, give you, give you. God always says, I'll give you, but you got to. I'll give you, but you. I'll give you if you. There's always a thing where God needs you to give, give a little bit. Right? Many years ago, man, you guys, I don't even know if anybody in this room other than the, like the hardcore leadership were here when pastors like second message here at the sanctuary was called what? The 50-50? Right? And, and he talked about how we, we, God leans in, and, but he expects us to lean back. I'll give you if you. If you. And there's some things that this scripture is telling us to do. Number one, we must turn to the Lord. Acknowledge he is our God, our Lord and Savior. And seek him out. And it's not saying that God is not there. It's saying you got to realize that he's there. Verse 5 says this, during those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city. For God was troubling them with every kind of problem. This is like now. You're living in a world just like this right now, by the way. And But then verse 7 says the most unbelievably true thing I've ever read. And it says, but as for you... Be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. If you're going through your season, 
I already know because God told me this a week ago that you will already be told in your spirit. There's something that's tugging on you already saying it, the end is near. So I'm not going to rush this process out right now. I'm going to ask you to run to the front really quickly. I can't pray for each and every one of you, but I want to put something on you. I mean, the prayer team can come. We can pray for each other. But there's something I got to throw on you guys really quickly. If you're at the end of your journey, I'm opening up the altar right now and saying there's a harvest that's here. If you believe that that harvest that you've been working towards is in full bloom and you're missing out, I'm asking you, begging you to come to the front. God has something in store for you. And guess what? Even if you don't come to the front, the God I I serve is going to knock you out where you stand. So just, just be ready for that, okay? But there's something about why I'm asking you to get up because there's always that moment of God saying, but come. (laughs) If you don't give up. Some of you maybe even be down today. Shoulders high, head low. At the last of your journey. Maybe you're in this church today. Maybe you're here because you told God, I'm going to give you one more chance. And I've been there. If if somebody doesn't come up to me and tell me, you know, God is real, I'm I'm done. I'm done with all this. I'm here. God is real. I'm telling you right now, God brought me here, sent me through my journey, gave me one of the difficult, most spiritual, difficult seasons of my life so I could be here this morning and preaching this word to you. It's real. Whatever it is that you're going through that's preventing you from finishing your journey to reap the harvest that, we're, that, that we've been talking about this entire month. God says, I'm going to remove that from you right now. I'm going to focus you up so you are no longer distracted. And I'm going to escort you to the finish line. But you must receive it. Father God, right now I pray a declaration of fulfillment in each and every one of our lives right here, right now. Fulfillment of our walk, of our journey, of our purpose right now. Lord, we're going to re-prophesy prophetic words that were spoken in the last few weeks. There are people here with visions. There are people here with talents. God wants some of you to know you're not too old. It hasn't passed you by. God wants some of you to know you're not too young. You don't have to wait for it. God wants some of you to know you didn't mess up enough. This is a funny one, but I heard heard God tell me this last night. You're not too much of a jerk. Some of you are jerky people. But God is saying, I'm correcting that right now. That person... And, 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 and God brought, I mean, this is a weird thing to say, but God brought uh, Derek to mind. There's some, sometimes when, <laughs> when we meet people that knew Derek from the past, they immediately tell us, boy, if you knew what he was like, that's what they tell, they tell us. 
God says, I got a Derek anointing for some of you right now where people are going to say, if you knew what they were like before Jesus, before they finished that journey and received that harvest, if you knew the crap they were dealing with, if you knew, and just like Jesus, your harvest is going to affect the people around you. You see, there's such an amazing thing about watching someone who went through some nasty stuff and comes out at the end, not even dirty. Father, right now, I'm going to pray it again. This uh, 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 understanding and fulfillment right now. For fulfillment, Father God, of the journey, of the purpose, Lord Jesus. I rebuke doubt right now. I rebuke the, the, the enemy that will whisper into your ear and say, you're not ready. This isn't for you. Yes, it is for you. You are ready. God has a purpose, a place for you, a plan for you, a place and a purpose for this church, for this congregation, for this city. And God is saying, now is the harvest. Now is the harvest season. Now is the time where the fruit will bloom, the vegetables will bloom, things are ready, go plucking. Go plucking because there's things out there for you, those things you've been praying for, that journey that you've been on, the headaches, the heartaches, the tears. When no one knew you were crying, God is saying, I saw you, I heard you, and that season of struggle is over. It's it's a season of celebration right now. It's harvest time, harvest time, harvest time. Go receiving next level. And God is saying, go plant again because I got more for you. Last night I heard God tell me, I'm blowing the roof off of your what you believe you're capable of. There are people in here who have limited themselves. They've put ceilings in their lives and they think that that's all they're capable of. But I heard God say, no, I've got more. I've got more. There's more I want to do with you. You're not done yet. And so I I just pray right now a destruction of our boxes. And I say, God, blow the roof off, just like you declared last night to me. Blow the roof off of our boxes. And I pray right now fulfillment of this journey. We put it in your hands, Lord Jesus, and we declare what you declared. Not our will, God, but yours be done. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jason, for that word. But don't leave yet. I just want to worship with you here. I want to sing a song with you, over you, to God. This can be your prayer today. Your confirmation. Your battle cry. Whatever it needs to be.
glory I know I'm gonna get through this with you Jesus it's for your glory well the enemy meant for bad you turn it around for good Jesus I trust you I trust you I trust you Lord come on what God is doing in your life is for his glory just trust and believe yeah Come on, just walk it out, walk it out, say it's for He hasn't given up on you yet, all your dreams will be fulfilled, say For your glory, Lord Come on, together just say For your glory Hallelujah Wow. Hasn't forgotten about you. Hasn't forgotten about you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. Come on, somebody say hello, goodbye to the person next to you. God bless you.